the Ferndale Enterprise. It is the only newspaper here in Ferndale, and it is run by Caroline Titus. She is the she's the editor. She's the publisher, the writer. She handles production, sales, many things. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning, John. How are you? I'm all right. Good. So your involvement with the paper has been going on uh, for how many years? Since uh, I've been owner since 98 and editor for about four years before that. So quite a while. Clearly. And how did that happen? Why did you end up acquiring the paper and now running it uh, to the extent that you do? Um, Moved here with my husband who took over uh, at the Humboldt County Fair here and had a radio, television, journalism career in Sacramento and needed something to do here while I was raising children. And the enterprise came up for sale, started working there, and then it came up for sale and uh, decided to buy it. Okay. And that was that? That was that. Okay. And how has it been? You seem happy, and you seem to thrive here in uh, in the Cream City. Community journalism. It's where it's at. Alive and well. Okay. But for someone who is looking at this and uh, is interested in getting involved uh, to the level that you do, would you recommend that? Is this Because people don't really understand what it's like until they start doing it. People always want to go, I think, in, our, in journalism. People always want to go to the big time and leave the small communities. It's, it's, to me, it's something that is very rewarding, very challenging, very entertaining. It is week in and week out uh, where it's at. And I, I just laugh at the, you know, the big papers who are now – I just read a story the other day, the Orange County Register hired uh, 80 new uh, reporters and covered, I think, last Friday night, 40, Friday and Saturday night, 40 high school football games. And they've kind of figured out that, you know what? It's all about local. It's all about the community. we got to get these kids' pictures in the paper. we got to get involved in our communities. And you know this this debate over what's happening with newspapers and are they dead or not there's a reason Warren Buffett is buying small community papers they work people are interested in what's going on in their community and their surroundings right around them and so uh yeah it's it's great and when you say that they, they do work, I would agree with that. I think that uh, what I am troubled by is just, are they making money? Are they are they uh, sort of turning a profit? You know, you're not going to get rich on it, but if you do it correctly and you work hard, I'm making a decent living, uh, have been for quite a few years, uh, where the enterprise turns 135 years next years old next year. And it's long and established, and we have, you know, uh, we don't give away our content for free, something Hank and I always uh, argue about. About, but we don't give our content away for free. We are subscription-based. Uh, we've got long relationships with ad- great advertisers, and we are hopefully the voice of the community and a credible source in the community, and I think that we've proven that we are. And so, you know, you work hard. It's it's like what you do. It's You're not getting rich off it, but you believe in it, and it's something that you're passionate about. And so, yeah, it can work. And the idea that you're not giving it away for free, I understand that. Personally, I live uh, quite a bit online, so I am... Uh, in need of instant information through the website. And I do value what you do, although I do have to re-up my subscription. I let that lapse. I did. I'm sorry. I I know. know. And have I cut you off? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Swiftly. Swiftly. Punished me. Yes, yes, yes. That's fine. Okay. Make you miss it. But so I don't fully understand your philosophy. I I, I do and and I don't because the, oh, uh, Internet being what it is, 
websites have, uh, I'm sorry, newspapers have moved online to Mm -hmm. keep up with the changing dynamic. But they're also putting up paywalls now. They're also making you, you know, you can read a couple of lines of an article and you put up a paywall. The bottom line is online advertising, it does not cost as much for advertisers as print advertising. And in my particular situation, I don't have any print advertisers clamoring to get on my website. And so if it's not broke, don't fix it. One day, are we obviously obviously going to be online and our out-of-town subscribers have a, an online subscription, yes, just because of the cost of doing it physically, the mail service, stamps are going up again. Uh, eventually, and Saturday delivery may be uh, removed. So eventually, yeah, you're going to be online. But but the people, the newspapers that gave it away for free, what is it, 10 years now, and are trying to pull it back, the time standard, etc., it's not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Once you've, you, you there's no way, do you have an online time standard subscription do you pay i don't okay i don't we do get it here in the building and we actually pay for three. Oh, well done we do well done but uh and i probably shouldn't talk about this openly but their paywall is rather easily of course navigated of course it is yes everybody knows that so yeah but so right now there's no immediate plan to uh, shift your whole operation onto the internet no whatsoever no okay i'm not going to go sit at a ferndale city council meeting for two and a half hours and go through that pain sometimes and then give it away for free especially it's a public when I, service carolyn especially when i don't have the online advertising to support it so you know what we're old-fashioned I, i'm not to say that it's not going to change and i'm not and how long we can keep this going who knows but for right now it works and since this is a small town and you are connected to it in a, in a rather profound way, you are married to a city councilman. He's also on the fair board, and I'm sure he's other aspects of his uh, civic life that I'm unfamiliar with. But that sounds complicated to me. It well, does. It, it does sound complicated, except that we've been doing it for so long this way. And I always tell people that the beauty of the beauty of journalism, the beauty of a newspaper, is that you, uh, my words are accountable every single week. I put my words in writing for you to. You're holding them right in front of you right now. You can dissect them. You can say, you know what, that's not correct. You misquoted. Those facts aren't right. You can respond to it. And so I always feel that, um, you know, I am absolutely 100% transparent, accountable. I have written editorials against uh, certain things on the city council that my husband has been involved in. Um, it, it, it just works. It's um, It has never been an issue except once about, I don't know, five, six years ago when a fellow councilman accused my husband of leaking closed session information to me. We ended up uh, suing that councilman, Carlos Benneman, in a slap lawsuit, which is strategic litigation against public participation, when that councilman wanted a six-foot restraining order uh, against Ooh, me. And, sounds messy. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, my husband... Six foot? Six foot. That was the uh, amount on the uh, diocese there at the city council meeting. Anyway, he basically was messing around with the court's uh, temporary restraining order just to intimidate the public uh, participation, and it cost him $25,000 in the end. So um, we love, uh, you know, the, the, the basically the, the, slap le- the slap legislation is great uh, to be able to use to make sure that people don't just mess with you that you don't, that, so that you can't participate in the public process. So, And in that particular case, do you still see Mr. Benjamin on the uh, street? My office is uh, two doors down from his house, yes. And what is that like? 
Uh, great. You know, we just mutually you, ignore each other. Okay, there's not a, a friendly wave or, hey, no. good morning, no. to the kids. No. 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 Okay. No. no, is that uncomfortable? Does that... You know, that's part of that's part of running. A, you could ask any newspaper publisher in a small town. Yeah, it's tough. You're accountable. Uh, I would love to be some of these journalists, uh, you know, at a national or even a state level, where you never have to encounter those that you're writing about. You can, you can go ahead and editorialize and do what you do, and you never have to encounter them. Here, obviously, I encounter them every time I turn a corner. I encounter them in the grocery store. I encounter them uh, on the street. My kids are involved with their kids or whatever is going on in the community. But again, it holds you to a higher level. You better get it right. You better get it right because if it's not right, they're right there in your face. And so to me, it makes you a better journalist. And how many people in town, of course, this is really hard to, I'm sure, go over the precise number, but have you made... Enemies over the years, or is that is that a fair term? Would you call them yeah. enemies? Or yes, enemies. Yes, yes. Oh, of course, dear. enemies. Okay, yeah, and, absolutely. And is that a large list? Uh, I don't actually keep an enemies list. Okay. <laughs> Right. Per se, but of course, I mean, you, you, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's been a lot of changes in Ferndale over the last 20 years. Um, you know, I, I know that we are viewed from the outside as somewhat of a conservative, uh, Victorian town, so to speak, and there's been a lot of changes. And, and, uh, having a newspaper, uh, hold public entities to a certain standard, and whether it be through the California Public Records Act, whether it be through, uh, editorializing against certain policy decisions. Yeah, of course, it, it makes enemies. Um, and there's been, you know, one day when I write a book one day, if I ever do, it, it's um, been downright ugly. But you can ask any small-town newspaper publisher, and this is no different. That's It's what happens. And, but what are the uh, repercussions of this uh, collection of, of enemies, so oh, to speak? I've I mean, had is there restraining anything? orders. I've had to get restraining orders. Um, uh, there's been threats. Uh, of course, there's your standard run-of-the-mill rumors and mudslinging and all of that. So, yeah, it's you know, it, it, we I tend to try to lighten it up a little bit when I'm as I'm talking to you now. And but it, but it is it is absolutely part of the job of doing journalism in a small town. And yes, it does happen. And you know, it, it, you're constantly trying to not make the story about you as a journalist, which I think, you know, maybe that's old school because that sure is changing now. Uh, but it but it's not supposed to be about you. But Oftentimes, it does become about you when you run a small-town paper. No, of course. And doing what I do here in the building proudly, I find myself involved in these stories, certainly uh, over at the high school sure. with the uh, racism uh, allegations and all that. And earlier with Stuart Altshuler, and uh, he is a, that, that therapist who had uh, a bit of a run-in with the city council. And... Uh, Sure. The people that have been upset with me over those uh, particular things, I see them in town, and they have decided to adopt the I don't exist policy, mm-hmm. which is which fine. Which is pleasant. And by the it, way... It works. I, and I think it's very revealing about them, considering mm. the nature of the stories that mm. we're talking about. Mm. So, does it upset me? Not necessarily. It's fine. A lot of those people didn't like me to begin with. Yeah, I think so. the I don't exist policy is a great one. I, I think when it crosses the line, uh, you just had that story in the North Coast Journal where somebody was, you were on that pub crawl and somebody was talking, I, I forget the exact quote, but wasn't it something about about running you over in the street or something? I forget the Dragging exact. Dragging me through the street. Drag, something like that. You know, I mean, it, it it's one thing to talk. It's another thing to when you actually have to call the police department and, and get, you know, take some sort of action to say, well, wait a minute now, this person stepped 
happen over the line. And the frustrating thing is, you know, again, I'm accountable. I would love it if people could debate on that level, could talk about. I, I we, you and I were just talking the other day about, you know, that 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 overweight anchor uh, on television that made uh, national news when she basically got an email saying she was too fat, and she talked about why can't you talk to me about what I do? Why can't you talk to me about my news stories? Why can't you talk to me about the issues? And that does get frustrating because there's nothing more than I like is to is to actually dissect a news story and talk about what happened and talk about the issues. But unfortunately, when people can't do that, they go to other other measures. So, But how often does that happen for you? Because you, know, you, just, you, you do put happens, it out every single week. Yeah, it happens with whatever stories. You know, you know, go we go along for a while with not much happening, and then something happens, and then, of course, it's great. Other media get involved, and, and Case Lug gets involved, or the North Coast Journal gets involved. So, it you know, it, it, it's uh, it, there, I have a lot of stories from 15, 20 years of, of doing this. So, And you mentioned that... Uh, You've been critical of your husband in the past or certain decisions that have been made by the city council. How many times have you actually done that? Oh, I, I don't know. I, can, I couldn't name it off the top of my head. But sure, you know, it's, it's, it, maybe it's a, a small issue that the council is deciding. Maybe it's a larger issue. Um, so, yeah, it happens. It's, uh, you know, he, he's sitting on that side. I'm sitting on this side. And, of course, it's not um, – we're not on the same page like any husband and wife. So, but when you go home at night, are there certain things that you won't talk about to well, maintain that? Well, we don't talk about closed session issues, of course, and we don't. So, yeah, you know, it's um, it's we're we're two independent situations. We like to say with that. And in the upcoming election, how will you cover him? Well, uh, I have sent. I am sending out questions like I always do to all the candidates. Uh, we've got one. He is unfortunately only in Ferndale. He is running against a candidate. He's running, of course, for mayor, and he's running against a candidate who I think I've now got a total of eighteen telephone calls and emails into. And Ken Weller, uh, Ken Weller does not respond. Um, I was going to camp out on his doorstep, but I don't think that's quite appropriate. But keep trying to catch. If you're listening, Ken, give us a call. Um, so we will send, uh, in fact, today a registered letter with standard questions uh, to him and the other. We've got a writing candidate now for a council seat, to, so to the other three candidates as well. And whoever responds, responds. And, of course, we run those uh, responses in the paper closer to the election. Do you have any insight into why Ken is giving you the cold shoulder? Um, no, I like Ken. No, Ken. Um have no idea except to maybe say that he's not really a serious candidate. Um, but you know what? We'll see. Okay. We'll see. And if he's not serious, then why is he running? I, I think that it was a kind of a, uh, somebody put him up to it just to have somebody else on the ballot. But I'd like to ask him that question. So, again, Kenny, if you're listening, call me. You know where to find? Yeah. Caroline. Yeah. And I'm sorry, who's the writing candidate? Lino Moni, who's on the planning commission right now. Lino Moni for... For council, there are now three people running for two seats for council, so he is a writing candidate. And the other two, Ken Mirzwa and Daniel Brown. Right. Ken's the incumbent, and Dan is also on the planning commission. So we have two planning commissioners wanting to seek a council seat 
And what are the chances of the writing candidate sneaking out? Uh, that's pretty tough. Uh, sure. That's pretty tough. Okay. And yeah. But do you have any insight into why that person waited rather than file in the appropriate He was time? not. We had a councilman that died, and they had uh, uh, they decided to replace him by council interview, and two candidates came forward, Lino and Michael Sweeney. Council interviewed both of them publicly and voted uh, three to one to pick Michael Sweeney, who was just sworn in last week. And so Lino, I think, was a little miffed that he wasn't selected, longtime resident, uh, local, born and raised, et cetera, et cetera, and so decided to go ahead and try and do a write-in. And earlier we mentioned, or at least I did, that uh, your husband is on the fair board, and there was some trouble with the... Yes. Yeah, he's the uh, man, general manager of the fair. Forgive me. 21-member fair board, are his. that's his boss. And so... There was some uh, difficulty with the, the fair board not that long ago, and I was following that uh, briefly uh, until my subscription ran out. And I will repair that very. I will repair that. Fifty next, bucks right here. We'll take care of it. I will set you up next paycheck. But where is that right now? And if you explain the uh, controversy that was uh, swirling around the board. Oh gosh. So basically, uh, uh, Stuart Titus, who runs the fair, was told in a public meeting that his job as a as being married to me is to make sure that fair directors look good in the paper uh, and a couple of uh, references were cited. One was a story uh, quite a few years ago about our mayor being arrested for a DUI in Eureka when he blocked Fifth Street with his milk truck. Uh, and there was uh, a couple other examples. And, of course, um, basically he was told his job depended on making fair directors look good. And so um, he came home and said, honey, uh, here's the situation. Uh, and I said that's... I'm going to quote it, malarkey. Great Joe Biden word. That's nice. malarkey. Yes. And uh, basically uh, wrote a story about, after the draft minutes of this meeting came, became public, wrote a story about the fact that, um, you know what, uh, that's not how it works with a free press. It's wor- You know, if my husband loses his job over it, so be it, but that's not how it works. We had a great response from the community who said, we don't care what the issue is. We want a free press, obviously. So um, where that sits right now is it's kind of been swept under the uh, carpet for now. The fair board did talk about whether they even it's a it's a nonprofit association government nonprofit association whether they even are subject to the Brown Act uh, and so they've decided that they are subject to the Brown Act and now they uh, need to hold another meeting to talk some more about these minutes that came from this meeting but nothing has been scheduled yet so yeah so it's you know that's a sticky wicket isn't it. It sounds like it. Yeah. And if you were to try to predict what will happen in, in that regard, what do you think the future holds for the fair board in that particular problem? Uh, I have no, no idea. idea. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And now that it's not been scheduled anytime soon, but when do you think it might be resolved? Uh, well, I think probably in the next couple of months. And just because, again, you do pay attention to uh, the the news here in town, or you you actually create the well, you don't create the news, but you cover it. I find the news. <clears throat> yes, exactly. So that you can talk about it on yes. K-Slug. and I appreciate it, and, yeah. I, and I always cite you. Yes, you do. Yes, I, I do. appreciate that. I do, and I've asked you to come in many times. I have, and uh, you've uh, graced uh, me with your presence today, so I appreciate that. But over at the high school, of course, they are now on probation, and I uh, was aware of this happening as the season began, and they did uh, decide to, uh, oh, 
restrict access to the sidelines in a way that was upsetting to various people in the media. And that's essentially the last I heard of it. I've not been to a game yet this year. I've been doing some things with uh, the other station here in the building uh, on a technical level, but I've not been to the game. But how has that played out, and how is the probation well, period well, going? Well, just back up a little bit. So basically, Jack Lake and the Ferndale School's chief, Ferndale High School principal, came on your show and talked a lot about the fact that it was a – he had decided to implement a six-foot rule from the sidelines where – and uh, if I remember correctly, we weren't allowed to call it a media sidelines ban, and he still insists it's not a media sideline ban. But anybody, uh, whether it be media, whether it be parents, whoever, are not allowed six feet from the sideline. Um, basically, it's not six feet, it's six yards. I, I remember that interview very well. He kept basically saying that, you know, what's the big deal over six feet? But it is six yards. And basically what has happened is at the couple of home games, the opposing coaches have very graciously allowed the media on the sidelines, right up against the sideline, so that they are able to get their photos and do their job. And Ferndale High School has not gone over and yanked the four to five to six media members off the sidelines. So that's what's happened so far. Okay. And people are happy with that, as far as you know? We're thrilled with it. It's common sense. Uh, You know, I'm not sure why, uh, you know, you know my stand on it, not sure why press credentials couldn't have been issued, it couldn't have been handled in a better situation or a better way. And now it's great that the opposing coaches, at when they visit Ferndale, have some common sense and allow the media on the sidelines. And the idea that there are monitors on the sidelines making sure that things are operating properly, do you know who they are, or have you seen anyone who they, might be monitored? Yeah, or? they're basically, uh, part of them are from HSU event staff, so you can see them wearing the jackets, and and um, all seems very low-key, and they're doing what they have to do, of course, to satisfy the North Coast section and get through this season, and then hopefully move on from the situation, and everybody has learned, and it's been very ugly and very uh, uh, interesting covering this ongoing situation, which of course uh, basically in the winter of last Last year came to a head, but hopefully now we're a better, better community for it. And another story that gained a lot of attention in the Federal Enterprise was the Cape Mendocino lens over at the, the the fairgrounds. And there's this effort to keep it here in in the city, and that appears to be the trend right now. Well, basically, what happened with that was the Coast Guard. Oh, it's been what four or five years. Decided they wanted the first order Fresnel lens back, and decided it was theirs. Basically, the Ferndale Enterprise with the Chamber and other groups in the city did a campaign, including having our editorial cartoon. Jack May's chain to the replica lighthouse to get some publicity. It paid off in the end our community group. That's one thing about having a local newspaper as a publisher. I do champion certain things, and we managed to raise $100,000 to build a new facility at the Ferndale Museum to house that lens. In the meantime, it has been removed, and it is under lock and key and humidity-controlled storage at the fairgrounds, while we also try now to get some grants to raise about $72,000 to reassemble and restore the lens in the new display uh, case, basically, at the Ferndale Museum. So, you know, one of those situations where that lens has been here for over 68 years, rescued by the Chamber of Commerce people in 1948 from the Cape out there. And, you know, it's, it's, if, if, you're into, if you're into the lens, if you're into lighthouses, if you're into maritime history, very, uh, very special artifact that belongs here in Ferndale. So very proud of being able to be part of that effort. And if I were to look 
look at that uh, and, and just sort of try to figure out what will happen with that. It seems as though, and for a while I figured the lens was gone, but it seems as though the lens will remain here in town if, of course, well, that money can be raised. It's, we have four years to raise the oh, money. Okay. And, of course, you know, I mean, as a paper, we when we were covering that story, I, I think I came on this show and you had the Coast Guard on. And they said, oh, they didn't want to take it, et cetera. But through our reporting, we uh, got the, the commander of the Petaluma Coast Guard uh, training station to admit that, yes, he wanted the lens. He was ready for it. So they did have plans to leave the area. The Coast Guard did have plans to remove it. So, you know, that's all part of what we do here at the Enterprise as far as letting people know exactly what is going on. And in the September 6th edition, this particular letter uh, to the paper caught my eye, and it is the outgoing friend of Repertory Theater, Executive Director Ginger Jean. And I was a bit surprised by this just because it seemed as though that she was leaving this position and she is going down swinging. I mean, that was just my impression that yeah, she was... Yeah, isn't that great that she's got a forum to be able to... Oh, sure. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I know. I just think yeah. from a, a personal point of view, when I leave a job, uh, I generally don't... Uh, I, it's, it's not as bad as I'm portraying, but she said certain things that clearly those were involved. She's she's upset with the way that she was treated. Right, so, that, so that just appears. for the, your listeners, basically the Ferndale Repertory Theater's executive director was, her contract was not removed, and so Ginger Jean has left the area, left the building, and so she, we did a story about the fact that her contract was not renewed, and then she had some space in the paper to say how unhappy she was, and there you go. And do you know much about that situation? Well, it's a nonprofit uh, private board. It's not obviously a public situation. So um, to be able to get to the you know exact details of what happened and why, no, I don't. Um, but you know these things happen. And cor- meanwhile, the vibrator plays on at the rep. Have oh, you sure. seen it? I've not seen that. Okay, we have an insert in today's Enterprise, okay. yesterday's Enterprise. Okay, I, I did see that. But just in part, this reads here, I know that several board members have been very critical of my personal appearance and my clothing. I'm certainly not going to impress the public with my wardrobe. I can't afford a nice wardrobe, and fashion has been extremely low on my list of priorities. Maybe somewhere after, remember to, okay, it goes on here, but uh, is it, it, she's speaking in such a personal way that... Uh, I mean, I, I guess personally, I, w- I would be concerned about a potential employer in the future reading this and just thinking that I'm uh, a bit of a, a, tr- a troubled person. Or mm. that, that's just my impression. Mm. So, but and do you, do you know her on a on on a level that you were you're friendly with her, mm. Ginger? Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so you uh, can vouch for her as a, a stable employee and things were okay as far as you know. I don't know this person that well. Yeah, uh, I can't you... vouch for her as a, uh, her work at the rep. I just know the rep was had some great productions and and so no, I, d- I don't know what exactly what really happened there. No, sounds like you're interested though. When, when I saw that, I, th- I I I really wanted to call her. Yeah, you should. I, I think I, st- I still mind. Oh. But uh, by the way, I hope she's okay. I, I hope that she thrives in her next position and she moves on to uh, bigger and better things. Speaking of which, and this is not uh, just a sort of. Uh, Stroke you here, but your daughter's doing very well. Mm. Uh, seriously, uh, she's. I, I looked this up this morning. Now she's with Politico, and uh, that is a serious online enterprise. Even mm. though you despise no, the online pr- world, no, they have but... print as well. Oh, okay. oh yeah, yeah, they have okay. print paper. Yep. All right. Yeah. So she is now somebody who is a web producer, and that is 
commendable, mm. to put it mildly. Mm. And having so, a good time. Okay, and so she has studied uh, journalism over the no, years? No, she um, basically grew up here in Ferndale, obviously. You have three children, and she worked at the paper growing up here and then uh, went on to Stanford and uh, uh, majored in uh, urban studies and uh, was the editor of the Stanford Daily down there and then went on to bigger and better things. So, yeah, grew up with a uh, – she doesn't really like to talk about it, which uh, uh, upsets me because I'd like her to give a plug to the Ferndale Enterprise, but basically grew up with journalism all around her and politics all around her. So she's doing some reporting and web producing for Politico and and uh, have another daughter at St. John's University in New York uh, majoring in social justice, and she's doing some reporting for the school newspaper there. So, yeah, when you grow up around um, – you grow up around this. You grow up around, you know, the dinnertime talk being of local politics and of being of news and being of issues. Um, I think it obviously got in their blood. And what does she want to do, Elizabeth, that is? Uh, report. Right now, report, she's, yeah. she's on the right track. Yeah, she doesn't know that she wants to come home and take over the family newspaper so mom can have a break. She hasn't figured that out yet, but I think pretty soon she's going to figure that out once she gets this Washington stuff out of her system. I would think so. Let's hope so. And now... The State of the Union of the Ferdinand Prize, it is strong. strong. It is surviving. You're moving forward. Moving forward, 135th year, as I said, next week. We just, uh, our editorial cartoonist just won his uh, third national award from the National Newspaper Association. We have over 30 now national and state awards for our reporting, our our uh, editorials, et cetera, et cetera. So very, very proud of, of where we've been able to come. And, yeah, we're going to keep plugging away. And there's always something going on in Ferndale, as you know, always something issue always something we like to report on and talk about and if you'd like to find them online you can go you can, to you can go to our website ferndaleenterprise.us of course follow us on twitter we do tweet live from the um, fascinating local school board meetings and council meetings and planning commission and all the meetings we go to but and, yeah. you are, and by the way you're on top of your twitter account seriously if there's something happening i do instantly okay where's caroline i know she's pulling up her tweeter and then she's going to give me a pulling bulletin. up my tweeter seriously wow, i've never I, heard that I, I do i actually pull it out like, okay all right now that's happening and you were really on the ball with that well so. hank sometimes hank sometimes gets ahead of me but pure Periodically. Periodically. But if there's something happening at the school board meeting or a city council meeting or anywhere in town, if there is, um, oh, some crisis. Well, bang, of course, Caroline's in the two, January 2010 earthquake, that's when, of course, I mean, Twitter was just kind of coming on board then. And that was fabulous. And we had that earthquake and worldwide, of course, uh, you know. Now nowadays you'd have everybody in Ferndale tweeting hashtag Ferndale earthquake. So, but yeah, it's a wonderful resource. So yes, we do not give away our content online, but easy to subscribe online. Just go to Google Checkout. Fifty bucks, you're there. It's I mean, fifty bucks for fifty-two issues. Entertainment. I know. And if you do not make your payment, she will cut you off fast. So stay on top of that. And I will renew my subscription next paycheck. I will. Great. Thank you, John. All right. Thank you very much, Caroline. All right. Thanks. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. That is Caroline Titus, and you can pick up the Ferdinand Prize here in town and some other places here in Humboldt County, as far as I know. So she is the editor. She's the publisher, writer. She handles production sales. She handles it all over the Ferdinand Prize.